The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome back to Telemarketing Week on the MarTech Podcast. This week, we're going to do a deep dive into one of the most underutilized and misunderstood channels of marketing, telemarketing. Each day this week, we're going to publish an episode that discusses what you need to know to make the most of your business phone as a marketing channel. With us again today is Mark Sullivan, who is a full-stack SaaS marketer leading the multi-channel customer acquisition team at CallRail, a sponsor of the MarTech podcast. CallRail provides intuitive software that enables marketers to understand what makes their phone ring through call attribution, routing, and conversion rate optimization services. And so far this week, we've talked about some of the misconceptions about telemarketing, about how to drive inbound telemarketing traffic, and today we're going to discuss how to analyze the value of your inbound telemarketing strategies. Here's the third installment of Telemarketing Week with Mark Sullivan from CallRail. Mark, happy Wednesday. We're halfway through. It's great to have you here on Telemarketing Week on the MarTech Podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to do it again. So, so far this week, we've talked about some of the misconceptions and the differences between inbound and outbound telemarketing. And we really sort of honed in on there's an appropriate way to collect people's phone numbers. And sometimes people are expecting you to call them back. And sometimes you could just drive your traffic instead of to your website directly through the phone. I think the question that I have now is, okay, great. I've collected people's phone numbers or people are calling me through my inbound traffic. How do I make sure that those phone calls are being directed to the right people when I'm working at an organization of some level of scale? Talk to me about some of the tricks for just making sure that there are no holes in the bottom of the bucket when it comes to how you're using your phone as a business channel. I think it's important to have what I'll call differential logic in your call flows. So if you have a platform that's receiving the calls, you need to be able to decide what happens if step one doesn't occur. So if step one is to dial a sales team or sales line and no one picks up that call, then after a certain amount of seconds, what happens next? I think making sure that you're treating these inbound phone calls as what they are, which is precious leads that you've worked to drive making sure they're treated in the way that they should be treated from a user experience perspective, but also making sure you get the information you need. So there's a few different ways that you can do this. When you set up a call flow, you can have a greeting or not. You can have a menu step or not. And then you can basically route calls based on those menu steps. 
And then one common tactic is if you have a sales team with multiple people, and let's say they're distributed in the field. So maybe it's an HVAC company and someone has a heater that's out and it's uh, crazy cold in Chicago, like it was uh, about a week ago. And you can't answer this in the office. So it goes to the next step. And basically you want to set up a call flow step that is to simultaneously call all of your field folks to basically answer this call. And whoever picks it up first would get the call. So that's one example of a tactic to make sure that you're covering your bases and making sure you're getting the lead follow-up that they expect and that you want from a revenue perspective as well. There's also something that many sales teams use called a round-robin step, where you're essentially distributing the calls as they come in evenly across a team to make sure that you're not running afoul of preferential bias in terms of who you're giving the best leads to. And that's a common use case among our customer base as well. And the last one I'll bring up is if you work with a multi-location company and you're trying to route calls to the right location, there are geo-specific factors you can include in the routing. So geo-routing routes the call coming into the right place. Make sure that they're getting the local branch of whatever location business that you're working on behalf of. And that's an important one too, to make sure you're getting the right people in the market that they'll want to talk to. I want to take it a step back and just talk about call volume. And when you actually need to start thinking about using this sort of distributed system, is there a benchmark when companies should start thinking about not just having the inbound calls ringing their CEO's cell phone? And when do you start needing to work on your distribution logic? I'm not even sure it's a volume perspective as much as it is how precious is that lead. Even if it's one call a week and that lead is very precious because your sales process is long and your lead volume is low. So in order to get customer acquisition to increase, you're going to need to answer those and and treat them in the best way possible. I do think that when you get into high volume situations, you're going to use scheduling much more and you're going to use that differential logic to make sure that you're not blowing up people that can't handle the volume to follow up on those calls. So we're talking about inbound phone calls where someone is ringing and how do you make sure that it's routed to the appropriate person? That goes back to some of the advertising channels that we talked about. What's like on your Facebook, your Yelp, your Google ads, can you put a click to call button? And sure, if that happens, then you need that to be routed to the appropriate person. You don't know when those calls are going to be coming in. But the flip side, when someone gives you their phone number and you haven't necessarily scheduled a call or they're not placing an inbound call, how important is it to respond quickly? Is there a right time frame when you should reach back? Just how do you figure out what the customer's preference is in terms of when to follow up when they're giving you their contact information? I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but every time a survey company's looked at this and done a study on the lead follow-up time, when a lead initially reaches out, they're in a buying moment. And it's something crazy like they're 90% more likely to become a customer if you follow up within 30 minutes. So following up really quickly when they're in the buying moment or the shopping moment is incredibly important. And you're basically competing with any other company that they may be shopping with right then. We actually have a feature within CallRail where if we detect any phone number submitted on a form on your website, you can set up the back end to basically dial your sales team or dial whatever phone number you want and connect immediately with that person's phone number that they just filled out in the form. And the advantage of that is following up immediately with their request when they're in the moment. And we've seen that be incredibly effective at closing the deal and moving the velocity of customer acquisition much quicker. So essentially, the sooner you respond to someone when they give you your phone number, the higher probability you are to close that deal. 
What about when you're not able to get in touch with someone and you're trying to schedule a meeting or you have a set time? I'm just thinking about how I manage my business whenever I'm using the phone. I'm trying to set meetings in advance to make sure that I can get in touch with someone and that they're ready to have the conversation. Are there scenarios where scheduling meetings is the appropriate methodology? I think it is, especially for demo requests. A lot of companies that want to give demos and they have a form fill. It's really, really important to get the phone number because even if you set up everything to be automated, when someone's requesting a meeting on your website, it's challenging to rely on someone's compliance with the directions that are sent in an email and perhaps the calendar invite that was sent to dial that phone number. So it's really important to go ahead and you as the company, you as the salesperson should be dialing that number first. You can't dial it unless you capture it. So I always recommend you capture the phone number on all those requests on your website that are meetings, appointment bookings, things like that, that likely are going to involve an interaction that you can't rely on someone else to call your company when they've said they want to talk. That's one of the things that drives me nuts when I'm requesting a demo is when someone says, hey, you call me and they give their cell phone. I understand when you're using a link to dial into a conference center and everybody has to dial in. But if it's just a phone conversation and I'm the one that's being sold to, I'm expecting the salesperson to call me. Yeah. And I think it's best practice to collect the phone numbers, even if you don't make it required. I think for meetings and demo bookings, you should make it required. But for other form submissions, I think it's a good idea to have a phone number on there as well. Here's the thing that concerns me a little bit. As a small business owner, right, a, a solopreneur, if I have a high volume of phone calls coming my way and I don't have the resources, and I guess this is a problem for any type of business, right? At some point, you just hit the max capacity of phone calls you could take at a specific time. What's the best process for making sure that you are handling calls when you're unavailable? So I think if you set up the call flow, you build it in the right way, then at the end of that call flow, basically, if nothing else happens, if no one's able to pick up, you're not available, it's outside your hours, you can send it directly to voicemail and you can capture that leads information on that voicemail. So it's important to realize that we serve 100,000 businesses at CallRail today. And many of them actually set up direct to voicemail because they're exactly in that situation that you just described. They don't have the staffing levels to actually woman or man the phones. So they actually send their calls directly to voicemail because they realize that people still want to call. And your voicemail can basically just say, I'm not available. Even if you don't have anybody to ever pick up the phone, if you know that it's an important lead interaction that you can optimize for, then go ahead and get the voicemail. And then we actually can transcribe those voicemails for our customers so you can get that in an email. So you basically have all the transcription right there and you can follow up however you like when you can. It seems like a tricky dynamic of people want to call. I can't accept the calls, so I'm going to send them right to voicemail. I understand how giving people the medium that they want if they're trying to reach out to you makes sense, but I would be a little concerned about just somebody wants to have a phone conversation and you're just driving into voicemail and you're trying to find a way to get back with them. It seems a little counterintuitive to me. Yeah, it's definitely not what I recommend, but we see it with a lot of our customers. And one use case that I actually had when I was starting a business a few years ago is I had a day job. I was starting a business on the side and I couldn't pick up the phone, but I wanted people the ability to call. And the reason I wanted that is because I knew that there would be questions about the business that I was starting. It was actually a co-working space. 
So I knew there'd be questions about membership and amenities at the co-working space. So even though I couldn't pick up the phone, they could leave a voicemail and I would call them back. So it wasn't ideal that I couldn't pick up the phone in the moment that they called. But as soon as I could get back to them, I would call them back. And the best thing about it is I already had their information. I had their phone number in the form of the caller ID and I could dial them back and talk to them. So I think it's important to realize the voicemail is there for a reason. We should definitely, as businesses, be picking up the phone as much as possible. But there's many scenarios where you just can't, whether the volume has reached a maximum where no one can pick up a simul call that's ringing all these different phones at the same time with your team, or you're a business just starting out and you want to have the phone as an interaction medium because you've determined that likely that you'll acquire leads and customers that way, then you can actually set it up to go direct to voicemail. Any best practices for what you should include on your voicemail? You definitely want to make people know that they've reached the right place. So your business name is critical and let them know why you can't pick up the phone. I mean, those are the two things that I'd say you really need to have. And if you can give them some expectation of when you can call back, that'd be great too. But I think making sure that there's continuity in terms of this is the business that I was calling and this is the reason they can't pick up the phone. I think those are two critical pieces of information. I think you have to keep it professional. Keep it short, and it also needs to fit the tone of your business. I'll throw out a shout out to my friend, Lee Chodos, who runs a design and photography business. And his marketing strategy is to not market. He lets the content and his work speak for itself. So when you call his voicemail, it just says, yep, that's my voicemail. Beep. (laughs) And it totally fits with his brand. So you really have to make a message that fits with the persona of your company. And if you have a little bit of a pithy tone for a pithy business, that's fine. If you're enterprise B2B sales, you probably want to be very serious. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. Any other last comments about routing and making sure that you're fielding the calls that are coming in an appropriate fashion? The one thing I want to say that I'm not sure many people know is a feature in many call tracking, call analytics applications that really helps with the people answering the phone to know the context. You can actually have something called a whisper message that is only heard by the receiving end of that phone call. So your sales team or wherever you're routing the call to. And it's basically a short piece of text that you can add at the beginning of a call as soon as the receiving end picks up. It's read to the person picking up the phone on the other end. So the the inbound caller doesn't hear it. And it can really be helpful to give context to what people are calling about. So people that have many, many campaigns out there, they actually want to give context to the person answering the phone so they understand what keyword did they search or what content were they on or what is this campaign about? Is this coming from my campaign for a certain promotion that I'm doing that's only this month? So they can speak to that. So I think it's important to sort of explore the features within these applications to understand what you can do. Because I think a lot of people think of phones as generally dumb. And there's quite a bit you can do with a call analytics powered phone number. It's interesting. It's basically skimming through the email before you send a response to someone. Right. If you're able to get a couple keywords and understand the context of why that person's calling, you're going to be much more capable of answering their questions or being ready at the beginning of the call and setting the tone the right way. Yeah. It's actually no different than personalization of website content for certain campaigns. If I add a little parameter on the end of the destination URL, then maybe I want to show them a slightly different variation of the content that's specific to that campaign that could be talking to that vertical, that persona, or specific promotion. So it's kind of the same thing that you can do when it comes to calls is give a little context to the person answering the phone. 
Turns out there's lots of cool technologies that you can tape onto the back of that phone call and onto your telemarketing system. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Mark Sullivan from CallRail for joining us. If you'd like more of Mark's tips for building an effective telemarketing strategy, we're going to publish an episode every day this week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and check back with us tomorrow morning when we talk about optimizing your inbound telemarketing campaigns. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to get in touch with Mark, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. Send him a tweet at Bark Sullivan, B-A-R-K-S-U-L-L-I-V-A-N, or you can visit his company's website at callrail.com. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, don't worry about it. We've got you covered. Just head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of our episodes and contact information for all of our guests. If you're a subscriber to the MarTech Podcast, thanks for being a member of our community. We always want to hear from you, so we built benjshap.com slash question, where you can submit your questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. My personal handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P, on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a weekly stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, in addition to the rest of Telemarketing Week, we've got great episodes lined up for the rest of the month. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. Okay, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.